0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Corporate Escapers TV show and podcast. I'm your host, Christine Ines, and I'm delighted to have Daniel joining us today. Welcome so much.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, uh, I'm excited and I was super excited because um we obviously put a call out and we got you to write um an amazing blog article for us and I was like reading it going, Oh, I really need to actually ask you some more questions. And I was excited um because I'm really passionate about educating people and I think you know there's so many different things and I think it does actually start with children. But um before I dive in deep, I'm gonna hand it over to you and get you to introduce your audience and then we'll just have a a, a good chat.
1: Perfect. So Hi, everybody. Uh, My name is Daniel Koffler. Um, Coming in live from the United States, currently in New Jersey, but based in New York. Um, My firm is called New Frontiers Executive Function Coaching. This is is us. Um, We uh, provide executive function coaching, which speaks to kind of time management, organizational skills development, and things in that arena, things that um, society expects us to have a firm grip on if we're going to be Independent members of society, not to mention you know high achieving members, um, but we don't, from from my experience, and we've been doing this for ten years, we don't do any kind of focused effort, on a, on a mainstream kind of mass level to prepare people with these skills. We expect people to develop them through the old fashioned like touch the hot stove and kind of learn to not touch the hot stove, which does have some positive applications. It's okay, but. For large swatches of the population at different intervals of their journey, that is not enough. Um, And we don't feel that it's acceptable for people to kind of have to struggle and kind of meander through life with this shameful experience and kind of an uncomfortable, uncomfortable uh, exercise of asking for help, or at least they feel uncomfortable asking for help. And as a result, they don't ask and they don't learn and they don't improve. Um, We are looking to demolish that model. Um, and make it completely acceptable for people to seek out help and to accept help and and to do it in a way that uh, weans them off of the help that develops the skills are developed in a way that they no longer need our support in perpetuity
0: yeah i love that so much because i think I think so many of us, you know, we go to school and we think then we've got all the skills that we need, but then you get out there in the real world and you're like going, oh, holy crap. Like there's actually so much more that I actually need to know. And some of them are those fundamentals, like, you know, time management. It's about how can you manage all the different things? It's also how to interact with different people. And I also, you know, one of my biggest learning lessons was how we all learn differently because, School is that you sit down at a desk and you learn from a textbook. Or, well, that's what it was when I was back in school. You know, now it's laptops. But, you know, like it's, I, I think we really need to realize that as human beings, we are so different and we have different ways of learning.
1: And so it was it, it, two, 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 two reflections on that. One, when you when it get down to the basic level, a lot of the people who I know, forget about our clients. So just people I know in my in my social circles, struggle with something it generally does come down to some executive functioning issue if you really boil it down that's not to like overhype the fact that we are focusing on this work it just it really does like time management issues can present in so many different ways and create so many problems for people at a high level and and like a like a mild annoying level but that can be a real problem long term um the other thing is the learning difference part our foundations are in learning differences so the, the genesis of our business comes from our family business, which was focused on uh, private school management. And we had we, so we built and operated private schools, you know, general ed, special ed, K-12, early childhood, kind of across the different realms of education. Um, and what we found was that, uh, to your point, a lot of folks with, in particular, learning differences are not being prepared for the transition to adulthood. Mm. What we've learned since then is that they are by no means the exclusive, you know, grouping of individuals who struggle with these things. They're just the ones who I think who are most kind of highly identified early. There are a lot of folks who are able to, it's think it till you make it seems like a strong term to use. It's more, you know, people have certain like lifespans of their abilities and they're able to get through high school or through college or through the first interview or through the becoming, you're running a business or you're building a business. But at some point the skills, you know, run out of usefulness, mm. and they need some additional support to build skills that will get them to the next level or help them maintain where they are. Uh, and uh, as a side component to everything that we do, is an accountability piece, holding people accountable to themselves, to us. It's, it's helpful to have a third party, but in a in a very not, in a completely non-judgmental manner, uh, and in a non-emotional relationship. Right? Our relationship to our clients is not that of a mother or father to a child or a spouse. Or it's which you know obviously is an important relationship and a caring one. But as a result, it can be difficult sometimes to hear what is coming in those conversations. I think of myself, I can wringle up a dozen examples where my father told me, don't do this or do that for X, Y, Z reasons. And I was like, "Uh uh-huh, okay, okay. 15 years later, I was like, ah, he was right. But it took 15 years of pain to finally recognize and acknowledge that was the right thing to do. So that's that's one way to go about it. Um, I don't recommend it. Uh, you know, you can get through things, but there's an easier way and a smarter way and a way that, that builds foundations that will allow you to have a much more positive experience long-term.
0: Yeah. I love, like you said, you know, it's about preparing people to have, I guess, these skills that, you know, we can go on and use every single day because there's a lot of things that we get taught in life that, like you just said, you know, they it may not make sense then, but in 15 years later, it does. But the, the premise around teaching people some really good core skills that they can then come back to in every different situation. It's not just in business, exactly. but it's also in life too. Because I think that there's also that parallel, like you may be succeeding in business, but then also it, you, the personal life may not be. So there has to be that sort of crossover, I think, in the learning between life and business. Do you agree?
1: completely agree. I think that, you know, for reasons that I struggle to understand, I think that a lot of people who are successful in business tend to struggle on a personally and on a familial level in particular. So they have all this outward success, which I think, you know, society, you know, you know, gives certain attention to, but at the expense of their children, their spouse, Mm -hmm. that to me is not an acceptable trade-off. And it's one that, you know, that's maybe a broader society issue that is kind of like outside of our ability to address, but for individuals, we can try to help create some balance. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's also interesting, you know, for us, when people come to us, there's really kind of one of two different bottom line issues. They either have a goal in mind, and they don't know how to accomplish it, or they haven't even formulated a goal. They don't know how to, or they just haven't done it. Without a goal, what are you running towards, right? Mm -hmm. So it's always about kind of establishing that goal. And then, using, you know, our techniques to develop those skills and strategies to accomplish that goal. But those skills and strategies are meant to be multifaceted. They're meant to be able to attack whatever the next goal may be. Because as we learn as adults, which, and I've thought about this a lot, interestingly, you know, and we can't, you know, we don't tell children like, look, enjoy this ride until you're 12, because after that, it gets pretty complicated. (laughs) That would ruin everyone's childhood. But at the same time, like that band-aid comes off. At some point, like we do have to, you, you can't avoid adulthood. Um, you may not be ready for it at 18 though, or at 24 or whatever the stage of life that kind of, you know, we expect people to be at. So there, I think that's one arena where coaching can be very productive and very, and very successful for individuals. Additionally, though, for adults, there's no shame in not having all the answers. It took me a long time to admit that I don't have all the answers. And I have a staff who relies on me to have all the answers, um, but I'm human. Like, you know, nobody has all the answers we do the best we can and we try to kind of limit our mistakes and be open-minded to, you know, to, to corrective measures when they, when they are presented to us. Um, but yeah, we want to make sure that the skills we help people develop can be used in perpetuity, not just for that one issue. It's important to address that one issue, both because it's generally creating a lot of, you know, pressure and, and, and potentially trauma, but also to demonstrate that these skills work. And if they, if they work in this case, they can work in the next iteration.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think also too, like one of the the key things is that as we, first of all, ask for help and there's still that a lot um, at, I would say, you know, there's still a, a large portion of society out there who don't want to put their hand up because we feel like we're failing failing in so many different aspects or, you know, I guess now with social media, it's that having, what well, I call it like the filter of life. Like you've got to have everything look also absolutely perfect. Whereas if you make a mistake, like, I mean, like you said, we're human beings. We make mistakes all the time um, and that's how we learn. So do you find that with, you know, social media and, you know, people looking elsewhere, opposed to looking inward. that is also stopping people from asking help.
1: It's a, it's a tremendous issue, It's a, a problem, I would say, it's particularly for, for the youth, you know, for those of us, you know, I, I grew up, I, I was born at an interesting inflection point. I was, ra- I was born at a time when if you called my house and I wasn't home, I was somewhere else, like, I'll see you tomorrow, I'll see you at the park you know, I got through college before social media was like a real a big part of the equation. Thank goodness for various reasons. I think that today there's nowhere for these kids to hide. You can't just go home from like the bullying expect, you know, at school or from like the negative experience, like it's always in your face. And it's obviously not real, but it's crafted in a certain way. And I think, yes, it does promote this idea that everything is perfect. And that as a result, if you ask for support that insinuates that you're not perfect, so, like, I'd rather not ask for help and just kind of, like, try to bumper through this. Um, it's, a, it's a slippery slope, and it's a race to the bottom. So we, you know, we obviously, um, and, and by the way, I, I'm not immune to it. I live in planet Earth. Like, I see social media. I see things that don't seem to make a lot of sense based on my struggles and my activities, but somehow they're there. Like, it's easier for me to turn my head. I have other, ob, you know, obligations and other kind of, you know, objectives, et cetera. But... For, for the youth in particular, it's, it's a real challenge, um, but adults are not immune to it either.
0: Yeah, I totally agree, like, I mean, uh, like, we didn't even have internet when I was at school, so, like, you know, none of that existed, Um, Whereas now, like, and I am so glad that there was no social media when I was raising my son because I'm like, oh my God, like imagine what people would be saying. Oh, I can't believe she did that, you know? So it's really interesting now, when I start to look at people that are starting their business and, but yet there's still that fear within themselves of showing up because like we've got access to social media to grow a business. We've got access to social media, like to have an amazing platform. But yet there's still that fear because we're scared of showing up. We're scared of everything else with it, whereas some are embracing it, where still that word fear is stopping us for so many other different things that could unlock you know full potentials.
1: I'm trying to think of the Marvel movie where like, you know, the the jewel or whatever like the powerful entity is. It, it, um, it enhances the behavior. So yes. if, if you're good, it makes you great. If you're bad, it makes you terrible. Social media has the same potential, right? It's a phenomenal tool, a free tool to promote your business and create a business. It's, and we use it tremendously in that regard. And I think it's wonderful to engage with our clients, to engage with, with just our, our partners, our colleagues. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also has the negative connotation. That fear you describe people have of starting a business or, or, or having an issue, that's not new. It's just amplified in the social media, you know, megaphone and, so, and many people fall victim to the negative aspects. Many, some people, you know, a number of people have used it to create incredible platforms for themselves and it's wonderful, um, but it's, it's, it's very difficult to, to, to s- separate the signal from the noise for a mm. lot of people, particularly those who are digital natives.
0: Yeah, I really like that, the signal from the noise, because I think it is such a, like we live in a world where everything is just so noisy. Like there is just so much out there. And then to get back to you and focus on yourself, because so much we've been told, oh, it's selfish if you focus on yourself, like you should be worrying about everything else. Whereas literally, you know, like I always go back, you know, if you're on the plane, they say put your oxygen mask on first, but we never do it as human beings. And it always takes something, you know, for us to stop and then to realize, oh, okay, it's not selfish. It's actually the best thing that I could possibly do.
1: I, I just, as a a personal level, I have a, a deep, well, deep fear is a really strong term. I have a reluctance to the idea that I'll, you know, 50 years from now, if if I'm alive, hopefully, you know, I'll look back and say, I didn't use my time well. Mm. I didn't do everything I wanted to do because I was afraid of whatever, like missing this opportunity here or being judged for doing this over here. Um, people who know me well know that I do a decent job of not falling into that trap. Like, and then yes. And do I get feedback from my family and feedback from people around me? Absolutely. Um, and it's just, it's just a balancing act. You have to make a choice. Like what's more important? I use that line about the, about the mask all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that people do mistake that as selfish. And it's taken me a lot of uncomfortable conversations with certain people who, who have used that trope with me um to remind them that you know i i'm here as and i have a family i have a business i have multiple you know people who i'm responsible for and responsible to And i take that very seriously but i'm not sacrificing my entire life and everything that i want to do like what's the point i have my i have and by the way the things that i want to do inform and inspire things that i do for my family and my business right like it's it, but it is a, it is it that takes i think a lot of confidence and self sorry my children are coming in uh <laughs> self respect, kind of self um monitoring which is an important yeah. executive functioning skill to to kind of be comfortable with
0: mm, yeah i so agree it's it literally took me falling and hitting complete rock bottom to realize that because I'd put everybody else first and then all of a sudden when my health failed, when you know my life crashed, then it was like, oh, okay, well, you actually have to look after you. Because you're not able to properly care for other people. And that could be care as in a parent or as a child. It could be, you know, in a work situation, if you're not at your optimal best either. So I think it's 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 a great conversation that needs to be had.
1: Well, I think, and I think also, sadly, a lot of people don't get to that point until they hit rock bottom. Mm. And that doesn't have to be the case. You don't have to have an abject failure before you are able to say, pump the brakes. This is not going the right direction.
0: Yeah. Sadly,
1: we are not there as a society where, where we are able to stop. Like it's, it's kind of like, you know, if the tree falls in the woods, if anyone hears like people, if it doesn't like become like a, like a huge disaster. I was reading recently about, you know, a mass shooting or a terrorist attack—something that was prevented—and mm. since it didn't happen, everyone's like, "Well, it didn't happen," you know. Like that would be the reaction if people actually read. Instead, we have to get to this point. You know, you see what goes on in America. I'm not getting political, but like you see what goes on here. Like, and still, nothing changes, right? So, it, it even even at rock bottom, it can it can it can be hard to kind of you know turn that boat. Mm. Um, but at the very at a minimum, for most people, it takes a really traumatic experience to get there and I I really don't think it needs to um and you know but you know the nature of our work and and I think the nature of reality is like we can't want something Mm -hmm. for somebody more than they want for themselves yes right if there are people out there who I identify as you know who would be ideal coaching candidates um or if I have a family member who's struggling in some capacity who really needs to hear something that they don't want to hear I can say all I want I will end up just digging myself a hole and creating real problems from our relationship if they're not ready to hear it. And that's an individual decision and kind of marker that is, um, is, just, a, is just a reality of, 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 of human interaction
0: yeah absolutely you can't help somebody who doesn't want to be helped and that was you know a big lesson that I've uh, like I personally had to learn but I also like now I I guess this is why I'm also so passionate about what I'm doing because when I look back at even my story and where I was at you know seven years ago there was nobody sharing what had happened and so now I sort of feel like you know I want to use the the story to help inspire other people to actually start these conversations because the, the more we talk about it, the more we're actually sort of breaking down those walls and barriers and actually letting people know going, oh, it's okay. It's okay not to be perfect. It's okay for you to fall and stumble. It's okay as long as we're all learning from it too. And I think that's the best thing that, you know, I think, we all need to do in society and you know what we have as business owners is that opportunity to show people what is actually possible when you actually learn from things that happen and they don't have to be well, all so, doom and mingling
1: <laughs> well they, they and they shouldn't right i mean they, sometimes you know you, you learn the hard lessons you know are the ones that stick but you know I, I i think that i think you're totally right i totally agree with what kind of that perspective mm. people get there when they get there. Um, yeah
0: yeah to do it and what's sort of like some of the like the amazing things like for you as a business owner like like what is the, that feeling when you see somebody have that light bulb light bulb moment and they're like going oh my god like why has it taken me so long or you know what's that feeling for you
1: it's everything I mean you know we listen we run a business we're looking to be profitable we've taken you know we took a long winding road to get there and we're mm-hmm. you know it feels great but at the same time, we're, you know, one of my colleagues has referred to what we do as, you know, we're in the helping business. And sometimes he said it in a derogatory manner. I don't think he means it that way. I think it's more, you know, we, we get real value out of the qualitative success that, our, that, that we provide. Mm. So if we're able to, you know, we realize quantitative success, like our business measures, that's really important. That's a big driver for me. It's something I have to focus on, but the qualitative pieces, the work that our staff is doing with individuals who were who had artificial glass ceilings put on their heads um, by someone somewhere, maybe they put it on themselves, but it got there somehow. And when we're able to come in and kind of re- be, a, be a, to start off, make a little just little release valve, and then when they get comfortable, you know, with us and have a, a, the trust is critical to everything, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that you know people sometimes people love to talk about themselves, right. Um, and I think that they need permission to do so. People, I think sometimes feel shame in doing so or discomfort, or maybe they attempted to do so before or attempted to express themselves and didn't get a positive reaction. So they just kind of like mm-hmm. closed down. People need, per- I think people look for permission to, uh, to be comfortable talking about their problems and their challenges, which is phenomenal as far as I'm concerned, because we need to understand exactly what's going on through their lens. It's not the individualization part of kind of how we think about what we do is it's, it's directly related to, to kind of the outcomes and successes. It's harder to do it this way. If it, was, if it wasn't, there'd be a lot of other people doing it this way and, you know, or schools would handle it or, or society would handle it in some way. They don't. And I understand why we can't do it that way as a, as a larger group. Um, but for us, the qualitative piece is a critical measure of our success. And it's something that has never and will never be up for negotiation. Like we don't, we our North star is true. We are not looking to work with individuals who are not ready to work with us, not interested in working with us, who don't like our culture. You know, for whatever the reasons are, like it's okay. We are not for everybody, but for the folks we are for, we are going to go to the mat with them for them mm-hmm. uh, and go way beyond the call of duty in almost every case. Cause that's what it takes. Um, but the results at the end of the day are more than worth it.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I I think that's the whole key is, you know, sometimes, you know, as coaches, you know, we see, we can see certain things, but it's up to them to actually get to that stage, just, you know, ready to release it ready to sort of go um, forward. What's next for the business? Like where do you see the business in the next say two years?
1: Yeah. So it's, 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 it's in process. Um, we started off as an in-person provider in the New York city kind of region. We grew to like uh, you know, a multi-state provider in like the, you know, the states that immediately touch us and, and around here we've since the pandemic have gone national um, proving to ourselves that we can do that and that we can do it virtually, which was, I think those are two kind of, Concerns we had that we, that would maybe diminish the quality of the work. It has not. It has improved mm-hmm. the quality of the work, which is remarkable, not surprising, but remarkable, and, and something I'm super proud of on, on behalf of my team. Um, the next step is to is to broaden the horizons even beyond that, and in an international in a true sense, we have clients internationally. But you know, it, one or two clients is not the same thing as having like a broad base mm-hmm. in six different countries, in or in different languages, different cultures. That is kind of, you know, that on the individual level and on the broader level, corporate supports, we, we work with individuals and corporations and with corporations uh, as, as an entity, uh, more of that uh, and consulting work. We, we do a lot of programming for school systems, for corporations, um, for mental health clinics, for, for organizations that play in the same sandbox on some level as us, but they don't do the specific work that we do. Um, and so we design programming for them and in some cases kind of help roll it out more of that I think would be excellent for us on various levels.
0: I'm excited to actually sit back and to watch and see what you're bringing and um, definitely if I can help support you coming to Australia like I will definitely do that because I think this is so needed I think it's right now I think if COVID has taught anything it's us to actually now reassess where we are in our life and also where we actually want to go and actually take that responsibility to make it happen because we, we are the only ones that can change everything. And so what you're doing is so needed and I'm just excited to sit back and to watch what you're bringing.
1: I mean, I, I really appreciate that. And I will absolutely take you up on that. Um, and I just want to note, you know, what you just said about you know, COVID and kind of like helping us reflect on like, where are we going? That is one of five or six things you've said that are literally taken out of my mouth. It's unbelievable how, you know, attuned you are to kind of what, what we're trying to do over here. Um, we didn't rehearse this no. right? so <laughs> at all, right? This is, this is very much off the cuff. Um, it, that's exactly how we think about it. And we've seen our adult population in particular grow, mm-hmm. I think in direct relationship to that reality. I think mean, yeah. people have had time to reflect and say like, I don't want to do what I'm doing anymore, but parenthetically, I don't know how to do whatever I might do, you know, mm-hmm. that's where the coaching can come in and be really, really helpful. And we've, I, I, it, it sounds, you know, hyperbole, but we've changed lives. And I, I'm only comfortable saying it at this stage of our, of our existence because I've heard people repeat it to me, people who have actually been the recipients of the change, um, which is, you know, the highest reward I can possibly, you know, ever ask for um, on behalf of like my work and the team's work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I, I believe it. I hear it enough times, like you have to believe it. And um, we have, you know, there's there's a lot more people out there who I think can benefit from these supports.
0: And one thing I love about coaching and the power of it is it creates this beautiful ripple effect so the person who's doing the work like they don't realize the impact then that they're actually creating for the people around them so like if you're a parent for example and you're doing the work yourself like your kids get to watch you change and grow and they learn from you and like your family like everything it's this i don't know it's it's like that pebble in the you know river it, ocean it's, whatever it's beautiful that is now the
1: s- the seventh thing that i repeat often that you're now saying the butterfly effect is what I call it, yeah. right? It's, you know, there's a, all that Ashton Kutcher movie where like, you know, you touch, you know, one thing and the squirrel and then like the whole world changes It's But in a positive sense here, and I think mm. also in particular for the example you gave with parents who struggle in different areas and their children have a chance to watch them struggle and watch them overcome. That is an incredible lesson. It is incredibly yeah. powerful and it is, um, and it is absolutely appropriate. It is, it, it's natural, it's exactly right. So I think, I, I know you are totally correct in that regard.
0: Yeah. Like I see it. I see it now with my son and now I'm like going, well, this is my legacy that I'm literally leaving for my son. And then, you know, he's now a dad. So, you know, for my grandson, like look, all this sort of stuff, like it's just, it's really beautiful. And as I said, I'm so excited. I'd love to get you to come back in a couple of months and we can even talk even further in depth of the power of, of this as well. So thank you so much for being here, Daniel. I really do appreciate it.
1: Such a pleasure. Thank you for, again for the opportunity. This is a fin- I, I just enjoyed this conversation so much. I hope the viewers do as well. Um, and um, and I, I would jump at the opportunity to come back. Um, I'm looking forward to as much more as possible.
0: Beautiful. Well, I just want to thank Daniel for being here today. I'm going to pop all the details how you can reach out to him. Um, Honestly, I think, you know, if you are in a position of where you feel just even a little bit unstuck or unsure, coaching is a game changer for your life. Um, So go ahead and do that. I just want to say thank you to everyone who has joined us today for this episode of the Corporate Escapers TV show and podcast. Remember to live life to the fullest and follow your passion. Love and light to you all.